0: (laughs) All right. Let's do this. Hey guys, I'm Parker Kane. Thanks for listening to my podcast, Upbeat. I share a lot of motivational stuff and info on social media, music, and entertainment, but I will also be sharing my personal experiences and interviewing all kinds of other people for their stories and their experiences, finding and pursuing what they really love to do. Let's get into it. Welcome to Upbeat. I'm your host, Parker Kane. Thank you guys very much for listening in today. In this episode, I interview a phenomenal guy calling in all the way from Georgia. He's a featured speaker and a premier business, relationship, and mindset coach. His name is Tommy Breedlove. Uh, Now, I wanted to let you know that Tommy is also a published author, and he's got a new book coming out called Legendary, and it's really close to launching. I'm talking like in the next couple of weeks, uh, and we'll talk more about that throughout the interview. But I did want to mention to you now uh, that it's actually available already for pre-order on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and many other stores, and just in time for the holidays too. So be sure to look into that uh, and go get yourself or somebody else a copy of Tommy's new book, Legendary. Let's get into the interview. Tommy, thank you very much for being here on the show with me today.
1: Thank you, my brother. I'm excited to be here. It's 4 o'clock on Friday afternoon, and let's get this thing on, brother.
0: (laughs) Sounds good. Uh, Well, here on Upbeat, I like kicking things off just by getting to know the guests a little bit first uh, about their backgrounds, their childhoods, their original dreams and aspirations. So could you just kind of briefly explain to us what little Tommy was like and and how it kind of started, what your roots were?
1: Yeah. So I grew up on the south side of Atlanta, Georgia in a town called Morrow. It's a good blue collar, uh, hard working part of the world. My dad was a mechanic at Delta. My mom worked as a deed clerk, which does not exist anymore. Her job was to literally write down property deeds by hand when people bought and sold houses. Wow. So That's how they kept legal records back then. And so um, nobody in my family had ever graduated from college. And I was actually the first person to graduate college, but not after a lot of hardship. I grew up in and around um, violence both inside and out of the home and as a result of that, unfortunately as a young man um, when you you experience certain abuses and violence the worst happens you actually become something you don't like you become the bully and so there I was at 18 years old and committed a violent crime and was looking at two felonies in my life being over but luckily, by some good luck and fortune and grace of God, I, uh, those those felonies were dropped to misdemeanors. That was as it was the first offense, and I ended up spending my 19th birthday incarcerated. And picked myself up, dusted myself off, met a male mentor while I was in uh, in in jail, and he did did not want me to be stuck in that revolving door system. So I literally went when I got out. When I was 19 years old, I got out and I went to work get this right, at a nuclear waste container factory for $6 an hour Wow! and putting myself through college at night. And ended up uh, going from jail to a nuclear waste container factory to the University of Georgia to Deloitte Touche, which at the time was one of the largest, I think it is the largest now, but at the time, one of the largest public accounting and financial consulting firms in the world. In three years, it was a major turnaround (laughs) in just a short amount of time. And so that was a little bit about my childhood, brother.
0: <laughs> awesome. So what kind of originally pushed you to make that decision to go to that college and to study and become that?
1: I, did, I just knew I wasn't going to go back to jail or the factory. So I went to college just to go to college. I didn't go. Um, I had taken some marketing courses in high school, and I knew that I really wanted to do business. And so when I got to the University of Georgia, which has a really good business program, I actually did. I took several majors. I didn't actually pick. I eventually graduated with a a bachelor's in accounting, um, which helped me get the job at Deloitte. But I went from marketing to real estate to insurance because at the time, not a lot of people were graduating with jobs and graduating with an accounting degree. Not only did I research it and know that most CEOs of Large Fortune 500s became <laughs> that had an accounting background <laughs> yeah. and marketing background. Um, so I knew a I could get if I did really really well and I crushed the University of Georgia. So when I say I crushed it I, I did really really well in school because um, I was very motivated. Uh, I knew that I could get a job and it would be a great job and I believe that accounting is the language of business. And I think it's very, very tough for business people who have no grasp of the skills or how to read cash flows and profit and losses and all the good stuff that comes with that. I think it's a a pill battle for them. And so it was a really, really good degree that I could actually apply into the business world. And so I think that's the reason, A, I could get a job in it. And B, it was a great job. And it was a tough degree to get. And so I I believe those were the reasons I actually finally chose accounting. And And it has ended up serving me one hundred x in my life and career
0: now you're also a speaker author uh, and business relationship and mindset coach. Are you still uh, doing the financial consulting and accounting
1: no i spent um spent twenty years doing that and ended up becoming a senior partner board member uh, and owner of a large firm based in the southeast United States it was an international practice that I ran but um, I went through a massive transformation when I was 36 years old. Remember, I came from very humble beginnings, so I didn't come from a lot of money. I didn't come from my parents weren't rich. And so um here I was at 36 years old. I had a very, very nice paying job, corner office, all glass on the top of a building, shiny cufflinks, tailor suits. I mean, you name all the shiny things that we think are going to that, that on the outside, I looked extremely successful. But I never dealt with any of those um, wounds from my past. And that manifested itself in tough guy, cool guy, important guy, I'll I'll outwork you guy. I was really good at that. Realized how unhappy and unfulfilled I was. And I I finally had a realization that it didn't matter how much money they were going to pay me, what the next business conquest was, um, it was never going to be enough for me. And so... I started looking outside of my career and the fame and the prestige and the money for and really just started. If there's a checklist of 90 things, to, 100 things to do wrong, and I checked off about 90 of them and looked up one day and realized my marriage was crumbling. I was unhappy, unfulfilled. I was breaching my core values on a, on a daily basis and just said enough is enough. And so I turned my life around and made me my full-time job. And fast forward three years, and that's when my career in the financial consulting world exploded because I made me my full-time job and invested heavily in my emotional and mental fortress, but also my physical and spiritual well-being as well. So I literally worked on, you know, developing, becoming the master of my mindset, minimizing that self-critic, developing unconditional love, respect for myself and confidence and um my career just exploded in all the right ways. So when I went from being one of the, from not living my truth to living my truth and being the man I always knew I could be, that's when my life just started taking off in the right direction. And as a result, not only did my career, my, my income doubled, my network increased, my marriage was the best that I'd ever been, I was happy and fulfilled in my life, but all these other very motivated, ambitious people and entrepreneurs, corporate leaders, managers, lawyers, bankers, accountants, they started reaching out to me and said, Hey, man, I don't know what you've done, but I want some of that. And so that this, this career that I'm in now with public speaking, with the book that we've got coming out and being a business mindset and relationship coach for ambitious people, it, it found me. I didn't find it because after about the 20th person I asked for my guidance help, um, to help them guide them through this path of, you know being successful being a great leader conquering our time and mastering our mindset i knew i had something and so i've been doing this now for years and i still to this day work on my craft for on me about two hours a day and i also still have coaches mentors i'm an immense mastermind um, so that i can be the best version of myself that i can go out and serve these people my audiences and just help people i don't i don't really call it self-improvement self-development i call it a, a more like a revelation, because we we all we uh, my job is to reveal to them the best person and the person they were born to be. So that's how all this fell into my lap today.
0: Awesome, that's thank you for that. That's remarkable, and there's I feel like there's so many things we could pick out from that and just take <laughs> any of the individual avenues. But since I beat is like a passion podcast and motivation podcast, I try to help uh, others. I guess, find and pursue their passions. So what is it that you're really passionate about? And like, when did it like really click for you? Like for some people, they have it when they're kids and they they work their whole lives to become that. Do you feel like your passion came like mid thirties when when you were working in that job and then finding that passion is what helped you make the jump to what you're doing now?
1: I think once I really found me and i took off all of the fake masks that we wear as people you know all of the you know the i'm important i'm cool i'm tough i'm i'm successful all that nonsense that we like to show to the world Mm -hmm. and once i just found real the real me and really started cultivating you know doing the hard work to master my mindset and to cultivate unconditional love for myself and really go into the purpose and passion business for myself, I've realized how much I love the work, how much I love the craft and how much I love making, at the time it was at the financial consulting world, making my people better by making myself better and vice versa. I think my passion and purpose found me and I'm an avid reader. I read between five and seven books a month. I love going to conferences and learning all of the tools and tips to build mental and emotional fortresses so that we can be the best version of ourselves. And I love, love, love watching the humans that I serve go from, you know, their baseline to sometimes 100xing their income and happiness and success. I mean, there's one guy I've been working with for two years. When he first met me, he His marriage was in bad shape. He was lost. He was an advertising executive, um, really without passion and purpose. And fast forward two years now, he's a best-selling author. He sold, I mean, it just a massive amount of books. He's founded an entire movement called The Millennial Whisperer. He said he's got the closest friendships he's ever had in his life, 10 or 11 guys that, that he can count on each and every day. And He says the marriage is best it's ever been. So watching that guy really 100x his life in every single facet from business success to love to happiness to Film it and then following his dreams—that's what I'm passionate about, brother. Is I like to get the best possible results out of people, but I don't. My, my job is not to change people. My job is just to give them the tools and strategies to make them the best version of themselves. And so for him, it was just tucked away in there, and then to watch him truly become what he was always meant to be—that's what lights me up. And and if you can touch one life, and and to me, it all begins and ends with serving others. It doesn't matter whether I'm on stage, it doesn't matter if I'm coaching someone one-on-one or, or running a mastermind or in a mastermind. I just think we're here, like you said, I don't know if it's passions or purpose or both, but I believe we all have a purpose here on earth. I believe that purpose changes depending on the season of our life, but I believe until our last breath, we all have one. And it, again, it can change. And if we follow it, money and success are the results of finding your purpose and passion is is a deep core belief of mine. So I'll just, that's why I do what I do.
0: Awesome. I, I absolutely love that. Love what you're saying. A lot of the viewers are college age or just right out of college and they're making those big decisions in their lives. And with the conversations I've had and with the campus environment that I am living right next to, so many of them, they're like 22 and they think that they've that they've screwed up and that they, have, they don't have it all together and they feel lost and like they're never going to have it all together. Many of them worry for their future and like the direction they're headed and they're depressed and they're discouraged. So do you have, I guess, any advice for college age kids or kids right out of college in what they should do next?
1: First of all, look in the mirror and the only person they can blame is themselves. So if they're unhappy and I don't, you know, I don't have any time to uh to beat around the bull- bush. And f- you. I'm not your parents telling you there's the greatest thing in the world. If you don't like your situation, where you're going, where you're headed, how you feel look in the mirror, and that's the person that that that's the person you need to talk to, and that's yourself. So the first person we need to talk to is ourselves, and everything in life is a choice. And I would say to that person who's unhappy, unfulfilled, lost, scared, what are you choosing to do about that? How are you investing in yourself? How are you participating in your own rescue? And so the the first decision is, hey, I want to be better than I was yesterday. That's the first choice you have to make. And you have to double down and invest in your future. You have to do the hard work because happiness, fulfillment, success, You know, we live if you're dealing with 20 or two year olds, brother, you're dealing with a generation that grew up. uh, You've been told by politicians, social media your whole life that everything, everything comes easy and it doesn't come easy, man. You got to do the hard work. And so politicians, unfortunately, cater to the lowest common denominator. They said not only can you have everything you want, but you don't have to do anything to get it. That's nonsense. You've got to really look in the mirror and say, do I want to be better than I am yesterday? How am I going to do it? Now, the next step is once you say, yes, I want to be better, then you've got to start in small baby steps. Um, and if you, it's like going to the gym. You've got to build your mental, emotional, you've got to build your mental muscles. You've got to build your emotional muscles. You've got to build your spiritual muscles and you've got to build your physical muscles. You can't go to the gym and just do one workout and be strong and fit, right? Same thing goes with your hearts and minds. And so what I would tell them to do is double down and invest in themselves so that they can become, the key is to master our mindset. And the second thing I want to tell them is they're not alone. Every single person on earth is scared, insecure. They have these deep, dark desires. They all wonder what if people figure out, I really don't know what I'm doing. We all have that, all of us. So know that you're not alone, but be the only person that can change you is you. And so you've got to look deep in the mirror and say, am I ready and willing to do the hard work to invest in myself, to invest in my body, my mind, my soul, my heart, my emotions, and build those fortresses so that you can go be the best version of yourselves and go find that career, hobby, passion, business. It starts with taking a good long hard look in the mirror and then making the choice. Everything in life is a choice. That's the only power we have in life. Nothing else we can control is the only thing that we have in our power is our mindsets and our choices. And so you've got to make the choice and, and take the courage. I don't it could start with, you know, reading a great book. It could start with investing in a psychologist or a coach. Uh, it, it, there's a million different tools, both free and paid resources out there from books to podcasts. To uh, you know start a gratitude practice, you can start a meditation practice if you don't like the direction you're going in your work, there's all sorts of resources out there for you to find your purpose during this season in your life so that the work that you can do will be fulfilling but there's no magic field to this thing called life it's a lot of hard work, and you've got to in the successful do the hard work the happy do the hard work the people who you see, quote, crushing it. They're doing, they're putting in the reps day by day. There's no such thing as an overnight success. And so these people have done the hard work. They, they do what they've got to do. And for me, it's not just about being as successful as you can be money-wise, because I've been there, man. And I decided to walk, I was guaranteed eight digits in my bank account by the time I retired if I was stayed in that career. But I knew no matter how much money that particular career was going to pay me, it was never going to fill that hole inside. And so I made the tough choice to walk away at the top of my game as a board of director and as an owner of the firm to go chase my passion and to do the work that really lights me up. And I've never been more happy And what I thought was success back then pales in comparison to the way I see it now. And so it all starts with you. And the the hardest thing to do is take that first step. The next hardest thing to do is to continue taking those steps to be better than you were yesterday. So I hope that's not too harsh, but it starts and ends with you. You've got to make the decision to participate in your own rescue and to be better than you were yesterday.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Phenomenal advice. Uh, That really hit home to me too, a lot of it personally. And I know that's going to really resonate with the listeners In particularly, there were a few standout things that I think I've seen in some of your previous material, too, that has really resonated with me, and that's participating in your own rescue, that's the wearing the masks, and uh, also you have a movement that is about making good choices, I believe. It's called Choose Goodness.
1: Yeah, that's the that's the parent company. Absolutely. That's the parent company to both mine and my wife's movements. And choose goodness is all about the power of choice. And again, we can lead and influence our careers, our lives, our family members, but we can't control them. We can't control anything but our mindset and our choices. And once we realize that that nothing is our in our control except our choices, each and every day of your life is a choice. Each moment is a choice. And are you going to choose you invest in yourself and participate in your own rescue, are you going to choose goodness or are you going to choose darkness? And so your mindset, your attitude, if you find yourself in a state of envy and jealousy, and by the way, our media, our job from our news right now is to scare us and divide us. It has one job because that's what sells. And then the job of our social media is to promote envy and jealousy. They make our phones and our social media and video games extremely addictive to where it has the same withdrawal symptoms as heroin. And so the cards are stacked against us as far as not being scared, not being divided and seeing the bad in the world. But you got to remember, again, everything is a choice and all of those things are just noise. Choose goodness is all about the power of choice and choosing light over dark and choosing to make the difficult choices and to double down in your best interest. And, and so not only with my book, Legendary, and my wife's book, Shine Your Bright, um, she does a lot of coaching and mentoring for women. I do a lot of coaching, mentoring, um, running masterminds for ambitious males to help them be the best version of themselves. And so the the overall movement is about choosing goodness. It's about knowing you always have a choice each and every moment of your life, and you can either choose darkness or goodness. It's totally 100% up to you.
0: I love that. That's so awesome. Uh, And that's cool, too. I didn't realize that uh, your wife is doing similar things. That's really cool. How did you guys, I guess, initially meet each other or start pursuing, I guess, the same kind of routes with each other? Like, how does that all work out?
1: So my wife is, is still and loves her work. My wife is still a chief financial officer of a very large company. It's actually the largest vinyl and fabric distributor in the United States. They distribute uh, product to the boating industry, the car industry, hotels, clubs, restaurants. They're a giant company. I think they're the largest one in the United States. But she's the chief financial officer of that. We actually met at Georgia in accounting school. And, um I stayed in the financial industry for twenty years. she's she's still in it and still loves it. Um, but she also loves all things improvement, betterment. And to me, it's more about living and dying without regrets. I think it's the same for her. But time and time and time again, within our networks, within our peer groups, and our friends, over and over again, we see people so focused on quote, being successful, quote, being rich, and quote, pursuing all things more and shiny things. And it never fills that void. And let me be clear, man. Anyone who says money is not important, run from them. I, money is super important. And it's important to, to experience the things in your life, and it's important to uh, bring impact in this world. But it's a scorecard and a magnifying glass. And if you're an a**, going kind to of magnify that, and you're, you're going to look like a bigger a- you're a really good person who wants to do great things in the world, money will allow you to do that. It also allows you to experience like I still like like fancy, shiny things. But time and time and time and time again with the with a lot of the people that I coach because they're ambitious and driven. They look up and they've got all the toys. They've got the shiny things, the big house, but they're unfulfilled. They're looking at the store stars and asking why I'm here. They wish they would have made different choices and they have regrets around their family, their money, their kids. And it's we just see it time and time again. So she, like me, is very passionate in helping people, ambitious driven people, to really cultivate unconditional love for themselves so they can love others as well as mastering their mindset. So that it's not if life's gonna happen, it's when. When the suffering, the hardships, the tragedies it's gonna happen in life. And the more you do the work that I'm talking about, the more you build that mental, emotional, spiritual, physical fortress in yourself, the more you're ready for it when life throws it at you. So we're both ridiculously passionate about serving others and getting the best out of ourselves and others. And we demand it of our friends, we demand it of our family members and we love serving people who are ready to take a deep dive, look hard in the mirror and go out and do this thing and Live life without regrets and live it to the fullest. So we're both super passionate about that.
0: I love it. Thank you for sharing that. Let's talk about balance too. Like, how do you do? How do you keep up with it all? Or even just, let's take it here. Um, Daily, daily routine. Like, what's a typical weekday look like for Tommy Breedlove and his wife? Like, take us through your day. What's it like?
1: Right when I wake up, uh, the first thing I do is say thank you Um, because I. I don't have to do anything in my life. I get to do it. And it's an honor just waking up, um, just being able to wake up. I'm, I wake up with gratitude. The moment my hit the, my feet hit the floor, I say thank you. And as I walk to the restroom, I say thank you. So I want to start my day with being grateful for being here and getting one more opportunity to breathe and to serve and to help myself and others be better. So that I, right when I wake up at begins, and that's also how I go to sleep. It begins and ends with gratitude for me. Gratitude is one of the most powerful forces on earth because it gets us completely present. It doesn't get us concentrating on what we don't have. It gets us concentrating on what we do have. So for me, it starts with gratitude. And then I have about a two-hour morning routine that I do. I get up anywhere between five and seven, depending on the day and the things I had before. I'm not one of those. There's this whole movement of the gurus out there. Get up 4, 5 a.m., 4 a.m., 3 a.m., 2 a.m., and eventually there's going to be books about not sleeping. I just think that's silly.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, I, I agree.
1: Because you got to have rest, right? So um, I think rest is probably the most underrated thing we do, and it's probably the most powerful, both in the form of sleep, downtime, and fun. And so for me, though, I spend um, approximately – Two hours, and that—that that is writing affirmations. I do a formal gratitude practice every day. I have daily readings between six and eight books that I read. Um, I walk my dog. I exercise. I meditate. Um, and so I have a lot of tools in my toolbox because th- I'm in the purpose and pain business, man. And so I help people. Oh, I, I help a lot of men carry the burdens of not knowing their purpose and the, and the, and the burdens of success and the burdens of failure. So I have to get myself mentally in tune and emotionally in tune. And there's all these exercises that I have throughout the day. And by the way, if your listeners want to reach out to me, I have a one page document called how it's literally how I live my life every day. It's called a legendary life plan. And I'll send them that plan as well as a blank one that they could fill out on their own. And that gives you a lot of the details of what I do, but also throughout the day, man. So my typical day depends on if I'm on the road speaking. um, I, I, I serve people I have clients from the UK I've got them in New York so I spend a lot of my time recording podcasts motivating inspiring I spend a lot of my time coaching others to be the best versions of themselves to be successful in business and in life and in love and um, I'm either on the road speaking um, writing I love to write um, I've just published a book it's going to be it's I'm so proud of it and so that's what my daily look like. But I also make the time I'm also extremely, extremely discerning of who I spend my time with. I actually schedule in time for fun. I schedule in time for friends. I have a I have a rule that I've implemented in my life that was taught to me by someone else. It says if it's not a hell yes, it's a no. And so I typically don't take meetings or uh, I don't take I don't go to dinner with people I just don't wanna be around. And so because I don't wanna live we the the most precious asset we have is time and it's also things that you know our lives get shorter by 24 hours each and every day and I want to make sure that the people I hang around are always hell yes what I mean by that is they're positive they're abundant they don't have to be wealthy they just got to be working hard to build something great in themselves and to make impact on others and I'm, I'm pretty discerning on that so I have a two hour routine. I begin and end the day with gratitude. Um, I make time for friends and family. Um, I don't really believe in balance. I believe in prioritization um, depending on what your goals are for that season in your life. And so if you're wanting to build a great business, Um, you need to build a great business and that's where the majority of your time is going to focus. If you want to spend more time working on yourself so that you can be as you can build what I call that fortress, those mental, emotional, physical muscles, then that's where you need to spend the majority of your time. But to me, we have to serve and love ourselves first before we can serve and love others. And so we'll never be really great, epic businessmen and women and successful people. If we don't invest in ourselves first. And so my, my morning routine is pretty large. Um, I also am an avid reader of all things betterment. So I'm constantly reading business books, self development books, mindset books. I read books and all of the great spiritual traditions from Buddhism to Christianity. Um, I'm just a, I'm just a craftsman at this thing. So self improvement. So that, that's a little, little gauge into my day, man.
0: Perfect. thanks for thanks for letting us in on on that part of your life and definitely a lot of helpful tips in there for everybody I know I got a lot of good value from that and also just in pursuing or creating a business or a speaking career some good tips there uh, and I kind of wanted to expound on that what are your like what are some good tips or advice for someone who Maybe is at ground zero and like they know that they have a passion for helping people and they want to do public speaking, but they're not getting the gigs and they're not getting the money from it. And they ultimately want to be busy speaking and making that their living.
1: Um, you, you've got to talk to anyone you can. And so the first thing you've got to do is practice your craft. I mean, nobody comes out of the gate being Tony Robbins and Beyonce, right? Mm-hmm. And they did countless and countless and countless hours of practice. So you've got to, A, hone in your craft. And so I would join Toastmasters or some local speaking group or an improv class. Um, I mean, you didn't become a great beatboxer by not beatboxing, right? And So the first thing they do is they've got to really hone in their craft and practice it. And anything from synagogues to churches to universities to local civic organizations to nonprofits, just find an opportunity to speak. Go to a local school and and speak to the kids. Second thing is, so you've got to really practice your craft. You've got to practice the art of speaking. And the second thing you've got to do is you've got to have something people want to hear. And the more vulnerable, raw and honest you are about your story, um, what happens when you are very, uh, open and honest? So you've got to, you got to, that people relate to vulnerability and honesty. They just really like it because the world is the, the world of Instagram fabulous, which is just smoke and mirrors. People are, people are over it. People are over the news. They're over Facebook. They're over Instagram fabulous and they know that's not real. And so we're starving for realness. And so I would say practice your craft, get vulnerable, get honest, but also talk about things that people want to hear. Like talk about your journey of where you are and where you're going and how you get there. And so if you want to be a speaker, you've got to be a teacher, too. And so, but you don't want to be professor student. You want to be peer to peer. You want to, you don't want to act like you know something they don't, they don't know. You want to be, you You have to be vulnerable and say, I'm taking this journey as well. So I would say practice as much as you can speak to whoever will take you um, paid gigs, take time. There's a lot of gigs I don't take today um, for money because I know the opportunity is going to be bigger than money. I'm either going to be able to make impact uh, to some people that normally wouldn't be able to hear my message. And or I know the opportunity for follow up work, whether that's a consulting gig or filling up a a mastermind that I run or is it going to be one on one coaching? So you don't always have to get paid. And I know a lot of a lot of big speakers. I have a lot in my network. They don't take money sometimes because they know the opportunity is big. But I would say get vulnerable, practice and you've got to say something people want to hear and they'll know if it's disingenuous and they'll also know if you're full of it. And so you don't want to be full of it. You don't want to talk about something you don't even understand. So get real and raw and honest and vulnerable about something you're passionate about and take them through the hero's journey, you know, the fall, the rise. And this is what my life looked like then. this is what my life looks like now. And here's the tips to get there. And people hire you all day long after that. But you got to get good at it. You got to do the work. You got to put in the reps. Talk about things that people want to hear and get vulnerable. That would be the that would be the, the thing I would do the most.
0: I love that and very much so appreciate that. Kind of a a last question along those lines. uh, How have you used social media to, uh, I guess, really boost and grow your business? I know for me, I really love being at events and networking and doing a lot of person-to-person contacting, uh, but how can we better utilize social media?
1: So I didn't build my practice on social media. I built my practice a... With because I had a twenty year career in financial consulting, so I'm very, very good at all things, business and money. Um And so I built my practice, the uh, like you said, networking, going to events, and talking on stages. And so that's how I built my practice. We just recently got into the, i mean, we've we've always been there, but we really never focused on it. And so what I use social media for is is really not a sales platform because my business is all about trust and for someone to hire me as a one-on-one coach or someone to join one of my masterminds it takes a lot of trust right and so we have to do that over time so i think one of the ways that we build trust is we put our raw honest message out on social media so if you went to instagram right now and looked at over the past 6 months our posts and we just really started getting raw and vulnerable and we put it all out there we give it all away but what we want to do with social media is we're not really selling. What we want to do is just give people really good content. I don't care if I get one like or a hundred likes or a thousand likes. I really don't care. I have a massive LinkedIn following. Um, but <clears throat> I don't, I don't use it to sell. I use it to really inspire and build trust and for people to really get to know me, what I stand for, what I believe. And I also just put as much good content as I can out there. And you will, you can really, really see it from where I was when I just had someone else running it to when we took it over and especially in the last six months. And we just put out stuff to hopefully inspire to help people on their journeys, to know they're not alone in their fears and insecurities and to really just not really promote ourselves, but put goodness out into the world. That'll come back to us. And so that's how we use social media.
0: Awesome. Love that. But I just have a few like questions I like to go through a little bit quicker. Um, are you game to go through those last few questions?
1: Of course, brother. Let's do it. What
0: accomplishments are you most proud of?
1: Uh, writing my book, Legendary. Absolutely. It's been a three-year battle. Uh, the good side versus the dark side of me. <laughs> it's kind of like Star Wars. Um, and the good side finally won. Um, I'm a perfectionist, and I also have a big self-critic. And so I'm really, really hard on myself. And so for me to produce a and publish a book that I am really, really proud of and a book that I needed during times in my life where I was lost, it's the biggest accomplishment I've ever done. And it's a piece of work that will way outlive me that I'm very proud of. And it is a playbook. And I know if people actually read the book, it will change lives. And that's not me being arrogant. That's how much work me and the team put into it. And I'm very, very happy and proud of it. My biggest accomplishment.
0: Awesome. Well, I'd love to get that book and definitely read it and encourage the listeners to to do that as well. How can people get your book? What's the easiest way?
1: You can go, it's on Amazon now, um, the pre-order. So it, it's. The audible and ebook version will be, it's at the publisher in final editing as we speak. So the book is written and done. It's going to be the manufacturing begins November 1. But the ebook and the audible book will be available within the next three to four weeks. Um, it'll be in airports, bookstores. The official published date is February, but I will have physical copies in my hand probably mid December, late December during the holiday season. And you will be able to get the ebook and audible book here within the next month. Um, but Amazon, you can pre-order it. Um, or you can go to my website, www.tommybreedlove.com and order it. And the reason it's called legendary, just FYI, is because in the world of self-promotion, legendary is something that's given to us by our peers, our friends, our society. And so for me, I'm definitely no legend, but I aspire to be remembered as a legend. I want to lead this world better than I found it. And this is a playbook that if I know, if I follow these things, it's a simple playbook from all of the things we've talked about on this show, but also to help you find your purpose and business and financial success, all that good stuff, conquering our time. We talked about balance. But if you follow this playbook, it'll be a... a if you do steps A, B, and D, and you do it for a long period of time, you will leave this world a better place. You will leave a lasting legacy, and people will remember you as a good legend and not a bad legend. Because there's good legends and bad legends, right? There's the MLKs, the Gandhis, and the Mother Teresas of the world. Those are the amazing legends. And then you've got the Hitlers and the Saddam Husseins on the other side. So we want to be remembered <laughs> as good legends, right? So we're, yeah. That's why we picked the name Legendary, just FYI.
0: Awesome. That sounds really really cool. Uh, it's going to be a best-selling one, man. I'm excited for it.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're actually shooting for um, both the Wall Street and USA today best-selling. So we're 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 going to market it really really. We to me it's not you don't make any money selling books, man. Let me just the, the book. It's a whole that's a whole different <laughs> podcast. But what you can do is touch live. Um, your second or third book, you can make money on your first book. You do it because you love it and you want to make impact. And the reason we want to make, we want to hit these USA today and wall street journal selling list is because we know it'll be in people's hands and that's where impact begins and ends brother.
0: Love it. Uh, what's a dream you still have to achieve?
1: Oh, great question. I want to, this is going to sound really crazy. I want to fly privately. I don't want to own, I have no interest in owning a plane or flying my own plane. I just want to take my dogs everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) My dream is to have enough financial success that I fly privately everywhere so that my wife, my friends, and more than just as important, my dogs can fly with me. I know that sounds so strange. <laughs> um, I haven't achieved that amount of success yet, um, but I am certainly on my way to doing that. And for me, that, that would be a dream of A, and A, you'd knock out all of that craziness at the airport. I mean, you ever want to, you know how airports are. You just, yeah. just they, they're soul sucking. And so I would love to cut out those hours of my life being sold on by airports. (laughs) I know that's a weird dream, but it's truth, man. I I can be nothing but myself, you know?
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, I love it. And it gets lonely too. I've traveled a lot and like for speaking, it's beatboxing and stuff. And oftentimes I'm just at the airport by myself and it would be, it'd make all the difference to have my dog with me.
1: Yeah, a dog or you know, a friend or you know, if you I, I I get that. I traveled, especially in my former life, um, just nonstop, stop. And it's it's lonely, man. You said it best. So that is a we're very wise and honest thing you just said. So yeah, that that also is a part of why I wanna <laughs> eventually fly privately full time.
0: Yeah, well kind? Of, just curious, what kind of dog do you have?
1: So I've got a brand new puppy Labradoodle. We named her Annie and then i've got a mutt that we found actually living in a pipe on this country road called hodges farm road and so we named him he was a puppy when we found him we named him hodges piper so we've got a a mutt named hodges piper because we found him on hodges farm road living in a pipe and we've got uh, we just got a brand new puppy uh named annie who's a labradoodle and before that we had two labs that lived a very very long time when their names were Maddie and morgan so we're big dog people.
0: <laughs> same same here. No, I, I love my dog. They're they're the best. I feel you, brother.
1: I'm with you right there, A to Z, man. <laughs> one uh, of my goals is to be the person my dog thinks I am. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's awesome. That's a really that's funny. Um if you could make one rule that everyone had to follow from now on, what rule would you make?
1: This is gonna be tough. Your audience isn't gonna like this one. I would make phones illegal for 12 hours a day. And the reason I would make that rule is it forces people to look up, have a real conversation, and actually see this world through their own eyes and not live the illusions of our media, our news, our social media. And I think we're losing the ability to be present in the moment right here, right now, where our feet are. I think we're looking at the world through lenses and video screens and cameras, and that's not our own eyes. And so I think if we all put our phones down and looked up, started having real authentic conversations with each other, started seeing the beauty all around us through our own eyes, it would just make a massive difference in this world. So I would, I would implement phones down for at least half the day, <laughs> and not the not half you're sleeping either.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I love that. Um, okay, favorite word. Ooh,
1: favorite word. I was thinking
0: you might choice. choose legendary, but oh, choice. Legendary
1: would be a good one, choice would be my favorite word. Awesome. Everything in life is choice. It's the only power we have, my friend. Only power we have at all.
0: Awesome. Well, I love that uh and thank you so much for, you know, you when you were when well, you're saying just a, a few minutes ago about everything's got to be a hell yes or a no. And it just made me feel a lot better about having you on the podcast cuz I'm like, okay, cool. Like he said, "Hell yes to being on Upbeats uh with Parker Kane and that <laughs> that that means a lot to me. So I appreciate your time, seriously."
1: Oh, Parker, man, it was an honest it was an honor being here and I love the work you're doing. I love that you're out there in the world beatboxing. I love that you have a podcast about just positivity and inspiration. And so uh, that's what I call impacting. And it starts with one life at a time, brother. That's all that really matters. And um, I'm one of those people, I I will talk to anybody anywhere, man. And so, but I am really discerning though about surrounding myself with really positive people. And you and I just got to know each other and it sounds like you're crushing it. It sounds like you're uh, a positive dude, really wanting to make impact and difference in the world, man. That's what it's
0: all about. Well, thank you, you uh, uh, too love watching what you're doing out there. Uh, that's the blessing of social media because I'm not in Georgia. I've never, I I've never been, but I, <laughs> I uh, can still keep up with, with what you're doing and I plan to. So thanks a bunch. I appreciate it.
1: Parker, keep crushing it daily, man. Keep it inspiring. And for all the listeners out there, participate in your own rescue and make the courageous choice to be better than you were yesterday. An awesome
0: conversation with Tommy Breedlove. Thank you all very much for listening in. I just wanted to remind you that his new book, Legendary, Legendary. is available now for pre-order on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and many other stores. And again, Tommy, man, thank you for coming on the show and for providing so much value for myself and for all the listeners. And everyone listening, thank you for being here and for supporting the podcast. You guys rock. You're amazing. I'll see you next week.